Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. There we go. One, two. One, two. Okay. I'm ready when you are, Sergeant Pembury. That's very kind of you, Ted, but it's your show. I wait for you. <laughs> My show? My show? It's our show. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome <laughs> to Whatever Works. It's Aidan and I again. Hello, Aidan. Aidan and I. That could be a good name for a show, really, couldn't it, Ted? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a musical. Doesn't it? Oh, don't tempt me. <laughs> <laughs> it's show 139, young man, and it's Wednesday the 9th of June, as we record. We're recording Wednesday? early you've got a you've got a life. Well, and, um, yes, I'm taking my mother away for a tiny mini holiday. First time out of the house in 45 years of lockdown. So um, we're, we're going away for two days and you've kindly agreed to record on the Wednesday for me, Ted. Thank you. Very good. Indeed, yes. And no one will notice a thing. Um, main show notes will be at in your podcast, hopefully, um, but also unless you're using Apple, um, but also at whateverworks.works, links out there to that. And don't forget that we have the MeWe group. The MeWe group is where it all happens. Let us know whatever works in your life. and We'll bring the highlights of that to shows as we go forward. MeWe is where it's at, apart from tedsalmon.com for me and aidenbell.com for Aiden. <laughs> We should record that first bit, you know. Do you know what? You, I was just thinking you should just do that first bit so we could just plonk it in. No, then it will just lose its magic. I enjoy seeing if you're going to stumble or fall each week as you do it, Ted. It's my <laughs> yeah. little bit of sadistic enjoyment at the top of the show. Yeah, talking about the top of the show. Yes, I just wanted to throw in at the top of the show because there isn't really a section to say this. And I don't know if you felt it the same, Ted. I'm sure you have and probably most of our listeners. Isn't it amazing to be shopping again, to stop and go, oh, my, I'm in Sainsbury's. This is so exciting. (laughs) Having had over a year, I mean, especially because I've been at home for the first part of uh, the COVID looking after my mother and shielding and really, really being paranoid and taking care. I didn't shop for more than a year And the point I wanted to make on the show is how great it is to be buying things physically in real shops and picking them up and holding and smelling and touching and feeling and and knowing the product before you buy them rather than ordering stuff online. And the other thing I have to say, Ted, that I almost fell over backwards in Wix the other day. I walked past the um, electrical tape. And I thought, oh, I need another roll of that. I'll grab one of those. And it was the company, the name of which I don't remember now, but I've bought them before at 70p for a roll of tapes. So that's fine. And then I remembered that during lockdown, I'd spent about two pounds on exactly the same product from Amazon during lockdown. So I don't know. The end of my yeah. long waffling is, goodness me, the money that I must have spent. And I'm sure many people have had to spend during lockdown buying stuff online, which is so much cheaper in the shop and more fun to buy in shops. There, I finished. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, um, as I've said to, to you before, I, 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 I'm just so happy to be a hermit. I, I don't want to go to the shops. It's, it's, it's funny how you... And this, and this isn't because of COVID. I was like this before. Um, I, I, I'm happy to avoid going anywhere where there are other people. I just don't like other people. But the, the present company accepted. But I'm, I'm the same, Ted. If I'm invited <laughs> to a wedding, my heart chills. And the yeah, first yeah. thing I think is, oh, God, how can I get out of this? So I totally understand. But shopping, yeah. I mean, shopping, I, I, I shop on my own. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But you, you've still got to um, get in touch with other people. Anyway, I do understand what you're saying. And for those who want to be out and about, it must be a great relief. And I'm very happy for you and all those people. And a relief for the wallet. If nothing else, it costs considerably less in terms of money and world resources. Like, do you remember the other week when I talked about buying a bucket from Amazon? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the thought wouldn't cross my mind now. But back then, you know, it, it, it's good. It's it's all good. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, you 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 just go down to the local hardware shop. Exactly, you, exactly. Or, or B&Q or whatever, yeah. Anyway, feedback from the last show. Do ignore the noise of trains going by, incidentally. I'm afraid that um, I've got doors and windows open, as it's like the... It's like Calcutta here. Oh, don't. Here, here too. Yuck, yuck, yes. yuck. Um, right, feedback. Matt McQueen is first. With regard to TV adverts, I also don't mind them. However, there is something happening now which I'm sure used to be illegal. 
people from the show you are watching appearing in the adverts during that programme. Anton Decker, an example. But the worst is the adverts during Gogglebox. Gogglebox on Channel 4, where the boundary between the show and the adverts is totally blurred. Same people in the same setting. Do you know I've never noticed that, have you? Again, I watch very little television and I'm afraid I'd sooner remove my lungs with a spoon than watch Gogglebox. Yeah, I don't even know what it is, really. <laughs> but, um, isn't, that, isn't that the one where they have people on a Yeah, you're watching other people them, watching yeah. TV. I mean, I mean, with great respect to Matt, I don't mean that to sound... You know, I don't mean any disrespect by that comment. I don't like um, reality TV at all, per se. No. None of it. None of it at all. I don't... <laughs> I mean, I remember years and years and years ago, Billy Connolly saying, do you remember when people used to act and have scripts? You know, I, I want to watch people performing and doing their art. I don't want to watch other normal people doing normal people things because I can open the door and go down the road to see that. Yeah, exactly. But in terms of adverts, yeah, I suppose there is a boundary blur. It's just that normally adverts have tremendously high production value because adverts are very, very frequently filmed by um, upcoming young film directors. And the production value on adverts can be phenomenal. And I guess that, for me, is where I see the difference between the programme and the advert. It's a good job our listeners don't think the same way as you. They wouldn't listen to us warbling on about nothing. <laughs> this either. is very true. <laughs> so again, much love and respect to Matt McQueen and moving on to Ahmed Bieber's. Uh, you remember Ahmed mentioned how to keep keep ants away with, uh, I think he mentioned lime, lime. and I suggested yeah. would lemon work too. Ahmed's back again saying, yes, lemon would work just as well as lime because both contain the acidic oil that is toxic to ants, which disrupts ah, their trail. You could right. actually just use the lemon-lime peel where most of the oils are concentrated. Now, I'm having a huge moment of deja vu. I think we already read Ahmed's feedback saying that you could use lemon as opposed to lime. However, he has added this week uh, the part about the peel, because that's where most of the oils can be found. And I guess that lasts longer as well. No, I think on the last show, it was just about the lime, not about the lemon. We haven't mentioned that before. Take that back, you swine. It's, it's too early in the day for Aidan Bell to concentrate. Yeah. Tell thank us what you, Jeremy. Ahmed. Yes, thank you, Ahmed. Tell us what Jeremy's bought. <laughs> Um, My mother um, was looking for a Kindle case for Dad because his Kindle case, which he'd had for about seven years, we worked out, or maybe longer, Mm -hmm. was absolutely knackered. Um, It was a folding one, and it was an original Amazon one, and had a magnet and all that, and when you open and close it, it turns on and turns off. Anyway, it was knackered. Um, And so she put out an appeal to the the, the panel, uh, whatever works in MeWe, which, incidentally, you'll find links for on our website. Um, And the one that came up from Jeremy um, Harpham was the Moco Kindle case, 15 or 16 quid it is, depending on colour. And he says, I found this to be very good um, replacement. I've had Moco cases, and the quality is usually very good. If you look closely, it appears appears to be a copy, actually, of the Amazon original case with just Moco branding on it um, with with fake leather. So she ordered this on the back of what Jeremy said, and she's absolutely delighted. Dad's absolutely delighted. It works perfectly. The only complaint they've got is that he couldn't get it in his favourite green. He had to have a blue one. But, um, yeah, apart from that, that's a good shout. It's, um, I think it was 15 quid for the black one and 16 for the blue one. But, uh, yeah, it is a, a virtual clone and it works perfectly. So thank you, Jeremy. It looks very nice. I'm not a Kindler myself, but it certainly does look like a very nice case indeed. Good yes, one. Thank indeed. you. Brian Hall brings us feedback and a tip on the previously reviewed Tala kitchen timer. Oh, yes, that's the one that I was too stingy to buy, isn't it, Ted? I put it in in my box and then I thought, I don't need a kitchen timer and took it out again. And you quite rightly said, you're stingy git. It was less than two quid. Anyway, Brian says we recently moved into a smaller, more modern property with all fitted appliances built in, but sadly no metal surfaces in the kitchen. Because, of course, for the magnetic, you'd, you'd want to stick it to such a thing. Yeah. I was looking around the kitchen for something that a magnetic-backed timer would stick to, and I saw, dun-dun-dun, the microwave. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, the only exposed surface was at one end. 
I didn't realise at the time that it was the end nearest the Thyratron, which sounds like a computer game. Uh, I believe it's the <laughs> integral part of a microwave that does the magic that a microwave does. When we next went to cook something in this oven, there was a bit of an extra hissing sound, which we didn't really notice, but then a burning plastic smell, which we did. <laughs> we quickly removed the timer and all was OK. Beware of magnets too close to microwaves. Yeah, ah, so the magnet and the thyrotron did not get on together. I didn't know that at all, did you? I did. That's um, interesting because what other, what other things do we have with magnets in? I suppose you could have anything, couldn't you? Um, those those fridge magnet thingies, I suppose they tend to be stuck on fridges and not microwaves. That's right. It's certainly a good tip. But I didn't know anything um, about interference with the microwave. I mean, Steve Litchfield is the man to tell us about thyrotrons and magnetic... I can quite quite appreciate that the magnetic field might well upset it, and and clearly in Brian's case it did, but at least all was well and they didn't burn down the house. Indeed. Thank you, Brian. Brian Hall, one of our newer members, so welcome to the group again. And uh, I'll put a link to my Tyler kitchen timer that um, Aidan's too tight to buy (laughs) into the show notes again this time. Right. Now, at the risk of shooting ourselves in the foot here, Andy Sharp has says, I've recently been, in terms of our Amazon affiliate link, oh, right. I have recently been um, buying odds and ends from eBay instead of Amazon because Ooh. they're cheaper. I ordered a watch strap and something for the car and they arrived next day with free postage. If I had got them on Amazon, they would have, paid, they would have, they would have charged me double. Are we too reliant on Amazon, he wonders. Jeremy Harpham chips in and says, I typically check eBay, Amazon and Google Shopping before making a purchase and find the best price delivery option, then cross-check with Quidquo and Top Cashback. Another eBay advantage is collecting nectar points, which add up over time. Stephen McBride chips in too and says... I noticed on my last eBay purchase, um, through the phone app anyway, it allowed me to use Google Pay. So even better. And I'm going to weep uncontrollably. <laughs> I tell you, Robert, McC- Robert McCrowan would also chip in and say, don't forget AliExpress. We'll come to that later in the show. But yes, there are lots of other options. You don't have to use our affiliate link. <laughs> Do you know what an awful host and admin I am? I, I missed this. I don't know how I missed this discussion because I would certainly have chipped in and said that I've gone off eBay of late um, as a seller because they, boy, do they take their pound of flesh and you sell something and you think you've made a few quid on it and you find you haven't because half of it's gone to Amazon. And as a purchaser... eBay. uh, Sorry, eBay. Beg your pardon, eBay. And as a buyer, um, you just don't know it's such a lottery. Again, we'll come to something similar with AliExpress later, I know, but it's such a lottery. Whether you're going to get it at all, whether it's going to be useless, whether you're going to get some nasty piece of work selling it to you that sends you rude messages and doesn't want to help you... Yeah, I I would even be prepared to pay a few quid more for Amazon for that comfort of service. But then that's just because yeah. I'm an idiot. Well, uh, and, and you can afford to. I suppose some people can't. And um, I, I would agree with you completely. I, I, I like the first thing I look on on Amazon is, is it at least fulfilled by Amazon? If it's some third party seller, I very, very yes, rarely will, same, yeah, will ditto, order it. Ditto, yeah. 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 So it's either sold and shipped by Amazon or fulfilled at least. But anyway, yeah, each to their own. And as I say, some people can't afford to make those decisions. Indeed, so, indeed. But um, op- options. And wouldn't the world be a boring place if we all did the same thing all the time? James Rayburn on belt tightening. Am I the only one doing this, says James? Over the weekend, I went through my monthly bank statement and was shocked to see the amount of monthly stubs that were coming out of my account yesterday. No stubs. Subs. Subs. Stubs. <laughs> well, you'd have a stub for each sub, wouldn't you, probably? <laughs> Yesterday, I, I got out of that one. Yesterday, I started cancelling those I considered unnecessary or that could be replaced by other means. Other stubs. Total saved so far is £72 a month or £864 a year. Wow. Next on the hit list is Sky TV to see if I can get some reduction on the £50 per month I currently pay them. If not, mm. they're going to get completely binned as I'm out of contract already. I've also sold off most of my mobile phones, paid off my credit cards, stopped a, pro- a, pro- a prospective purchase of a new mountain bike and will be going on another eBay and Facebook marketplace bender to sell a lot of my other junk. 
Yeah, James, you've actually covered two or three topics here. I mean, the first, the the bank uh, stubs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've done this in the past. I'm sure most of our listeners have. Once in a while, you suddenly you, you look at your you you're, you're looking at your bank account arbitrarily and you say, oh, I'll just see what my standing orders are. And you go, what's that? Why am I paying for that? What on earth is this? And so it always, always is a good idea to go through your bank account every now and again, every year or so to see what's being taken out and what doesn't have to be taken out. Then we move on to all the other things. Yeah, you're obviously belt tightening, which is absolutely a wonderful thing to do. And and if you can save the kind of figures that you've suggested, and again, Sky TV or your phone, or your internet service, your broadband provider, it, again, it's that whole business of changing changing um, providers to save money. If you, you know, don't just sit back and go on paying the same amount year on year if you think you can make a saving. If you've got the nonce to get up and save some pennies, I'm all for that. Yeah, here, here. I, I remember sitting down when I had Sky TV and looking at the bank in the same way and realizing that this and this was like over 10 years ago i was paying 85 pound a month and i gather for the whole sky package now it's like 120 quid a month or something yes and that's that's a humongous amount of money i I mean okay if you're someone who sits there and uses it all the time i used to have a friend who was a um avid cricket fan and and he just sat and watched sky sports for the cricket all the time and he got fantastic value out of it fair enough but i think to the average person you need to be very um selective now he obviously wasn't doing that because it's 50 pound a month but um so he was he was being selective but even so you could have a look at it and see what you can cut out yeah good shout james definitely absolutely when my father died just over 10 years ago now and i became the man of the house i i decided to check through these things and i looked at the house insurance and the electricity and various services. And indeed, I made some changes and I saved some money. Now, that's, of course, no disrespect to my father. I was simply doing, you know, it was one of those moments when one can stand back and say, okay, let's evaluate. So everybody, take a leaf out of James's book and evaluate your stubs. Yeah, yeah, and your subs. (laughs) Jeremy Harpham. Now, I didn't chip in on this one on the MeWe group because, in all honesty, I wasn't quite sure what I would have to offer. But there was a fabulous discussion that went on uh, concerning air fryers, which began with Jeremy Harpham. How one air fryer showed I can never go back to cooking fries in the oven again. Goodness, doesn't sound that sound like the, the, the flyleaf to a novel or something. I've that's, co- a, that's, a, that's a link actually to a, uh, an article in um, Tech Radar, I think it is. Oh, there you yeah. are. I rest my case. Yeah. It is an article. I've contemplated yeah. buying an air fryer a few times, says Jeremy. Like many, I love deep fried chips, etc., but not the calories and the fat. I've learned to resist, so I have yet to justify. I have yet to justify buying an air fryer. Air fryers, I happen to know, use a circulation of hot air to cook food that would otherwise be submerged in oil. So it's using air rather than oil. The air fryer's cooking chamber radiates heat from a heating element near the food and a fan circulates the hot air. The temperature can go up to 250 degrees centigrade. Cooking oil is not used in large quantities in an air fryer. Cooking times in the air fryer may be reduced by 20% or more as compared to non-convection ovens. Just before I go on, before you go on, just to say that these um, um, interesting points of fact um, have been scooped and nicked from Wikipedia. Well, no, I was going to say it's just occurred to me. It isn't scripted at all. This is totally off the bat. Traditional frying methods... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> induce the Maillard effect. They didn't know about mm. that, did you? The Maillard effect at temperatures of between 140 to 165 degrees centigrade, or that's 284 to 329 Fahrenheit in old money, by completely submerging foods in hot oil, well above the boiling point of water. The air fryer works by coating the desired food in a thin layer of oil while circulating hot air to apply heat and initiate the reaction. As a result, the appliance is able to brown foods like uh, chips, chicken, fish, steak, burgers, blah, 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 um, using 70 to 80% less oil than traditional deep fryers. Um, most air fryers have temperature and timer adjustments that allow more precise cooking. Food is typically cooked in a basket that sits in a drip tray. The basket must be periodically agitated, either manually or by an integrated food agitator. Some air fryers are equipped with additional accessories for specific kinds of cooking, such as pizza pans, skewer racks, grilling trays and cake barrels. Like standard convection ovens, air dryers can also roast, steam and dry food. 
Um, and yeah, then um, Ian Watson chipped in with um, with some first-hand um, information and knowledge because he linked to a tower um, air fryer which he got from Amazon, 46 quid, um, that is. I've now used this a few times, says Ian. I've com- I'm comparing the air fryer to the halogen oven, which um, uh, we've been using for many years. It doesn't fry. <laughs> it's a convection oven, so I don't know why it's called an air fryer. Our old halogen oven can be used for steaming as an oven and grill, and 99% of the time it was used as an oven. It gets up to temperature really quickly, and we used it almost every day. Although the halogen oven has a strong fan to circulate the air, it ideally needs the food to be in direct sight of the halogen element. It's not until we use the air fryer, he goes on to say, that we realise the negative points about all the above and using the halogen oven, which are... The halogen oven, you say halogen, I say halogen, needs food (laughs) turning often so it gets cooked evenly. Air fryer has slots in the metal drum to direct the hot air into and around the food and so out of the bottom. That was point one. Mm -hmm. Point two, accessing the food in the halogen oven means reaching into the glass bowl and lifting the tray out with a special tool or trying to reach in and move it around. This can cause food to fall off the tray and into the bottom of the glass bowl. The air fryer just needs to hold a sliding out and shaking or moving with a large spoon. Point three, air fryer fryer allows a larger depth of food to be cooked. The halogen oven needs the food turning over frequently, even if there isn't loads of food in it. And four, Mm -hmm. the halogen lid is big and it's either hitting the bottom of the kitchen cupboard or the edge of the kitchen counter. The air fryer fits in the kitchen well and the food container pulls out of the front. Very good. So those are Ian Watson's experiences with the Tower Air Fryer. The conclusion seems to be on this mini feature on air fryers, which I've never used personally, is that the halogen oven was used most days and was really good. The air fryer seems to have removed all the negative issues mentioned above, as well as cooking the food more evenly. The air fryer we were using, we are using, was just a cheap one, so maybe the non-stick won't last as long as a more expensive one, and the hand and food container joint seems a bit flimsy. It's as convenient as a microwave, but with all the plus points of crisping up the food as well. It's probably something people didn't know they needed, like a lot of things we talk about on Whatever Works. It, it does sound as though, from our little bit of research and our feature there, it's and, and help from Ian, of course, um, it does sound as though it's worth doing, particularly for more healthy food. I cannot stand cannot stand chips that have been deep fried whether it comes from a chip shop or you do it at home or someone else does it it's just horrible i hate it but this sounds as though and and oven chips you can argue maybe well they're a bit dry i've got used to oven chips i don't mind them at all but this sounds like it's a really interesting compromise that retains some of that old chip shop nostalgia if you like um and uh, but it but it still remains relatively healthy and an interesting thing to try have you ever i eat very 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 few chips i'm i'm happy on the occasion that i want chips to bung them in the oven i'm afraid which is why as i say i didn't chip in because i'm a bit of a troglodyte when it comes to cooking (laughs) but if you would like to study at the university of salmon and bell (laughs) please just send a stamped addressed envelope to Oh, just before we go on to that, um, a thanks um, again to Jeremy and to Ian. And I'll put a link to, in the show notes to Jeremy's article and the Tower Air Fryer, um, which you can grab from Amazon. Or, as Ian says, maybe consider getting a more expensive one that... Um, that uh, uh, that uh, might be a bit less flimsy. Anyway, yes, top tips. How to freeze grated cheese. This one came up because I had... (laughs) You're a poet and you didn't know it. Yes. This one came up because I had a bag of grated cheese that I didn't want to use and I was wondering whether I could freeze it or not. And apparently you can. And so I did. But the best way to do it is, by my research, you put your grated cheese into a freezer bag and add a spoonful of some sort of flour. And I never thought of this, but some sort of corn flour or, or just ordinary flour just or whatever. Just a spoonful and then shake, of flour shake. helps the grated cheese to freeze. Sorry. No, it helps it not to stick together. That's the point. So you shake the bag up and then you try and squeeze the air out of it and then stick it in the freezer. And then when it comes out, 
um, it's not in just big a big lump of um, stuff all stuck together because of that flour thingy. So there's my top tip for the week, the fortnight. How to freeze grated cheese. Use some flour. I like that. I think that's that's fun. Thank you. Yes. Indeed. I don't think I'll ever need it, but it's nice to know. Ahmed <laughs> Biebers says, using your phone's front-facing camera as a pocket mirror. This is fun. Use it on the go to fix your hair, adjust your makeup or tie, or check that there's no broccoli between your teeth before a job interview. <laughs> well, if I had broccoli between my teeth, I'd talk to Ahmed. He's a dentist. But um, nice idea, Ahmed. Yes. Um, of course, the pedant in me says, but you could use a mirror <laughs> as a mirror. <laughs> oh, but you wouldn't have it with but you. But you wouldn't have it. Of course not. You wouldn't have it with you. Uh, and everybody has their mobile phone with them all the time. So, yes. The bigger, the bigger question here is, do you know how to turn your selfie camera on? I've just opened up the phone that I happen to be using at the moment. And there's no obvious button to say how you turn it around to your selfie. That's really odd. And, moreover, when you open your selfie app, and you, are you immediately looking at a mirror image, or are you looking uh, at an actual image, in which case, when you raise your right hand, the image will also raise its right hand, and all hell will break loose. Yeah, you, you could, that's usually available in the settings to decide whether to do that or not. I, I, I don't know. This um, I've got a Sony Xperia phone here at the moment, and... There's nothing to turn the selfie on. That's really odd. I should have to investigate that later. A topic for PSC. Ted Salmon doesn't know how to turn on the selfie. Oh, damn, that's made my day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have another jingle. I wonder who bought it. OK. OK, and now it's time. Sorry. I spoke. I'm you, sorry. You I'll wanted to say something? No, I'll shut up in the corner. <laughs> Okay, and now it's time to... Oh, Ian Watson again. I've forgotten this was his idea. Well, um, what the idea here is that, that people buy um, stuff on the Amazon um, associate link, which is available via... Where is it? Um, it's uh, tinyurl.com forward slash Amazon Ted UK. And if you buy stuff on there, I get a list of what people have bought. It doesn't tell me who's bought what. There's no personal identifying information, but they, I do get a list of what has been bought, and they give me a few pennies. Now, the interesting one that I found this time was a pop-up camping shower tent. And this was quite interesting, I thought, because it took me back to the days of, um, uh, of, of, of when I was a young, younger person. And having to find a solution for... Um, going camping and having a um, having a, a tent to put your loo in, or maybe a changing room or something else. Now, the only thing that I was going to say about this one, this 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 is forty quid, and the only thing I was going to say about this one, it hasn't got a ground sheet built in, sewn in, and I thought that that was quite surprising to be honest. But um, and and this came home to me this morning because I saw well, an article. it's a shower. From, it's a what? It's a shower. You can't. You couldn't have a ground. It sheet. could be a shower. A good point. It could be a shower because it's got a hole in the roof, and there is a picture on the Amazon site of someone sticking a a, a kind of shower hose through the top of it. Um, to yeah, and you're quite right. Right. So if that was the pedant using... in me again coming out saying, "Well, you couldn't yeah. have a sealed floor, or you'd just end up standing in a great vat of water." If you were using it as a shower, right. yeah. But I hadn't mentioned showers up to then, in my defence. Anyway. <laughs> it's just in the title, that's all. <laughs> there, was an art, there was an article um, on, in The Guardian this very morning about this, um, this couple who had gone camping and found a snake <laughs> in their toilet tent. And I thought, oh, oh no, blimey. God. And, and, oh. and it took me back to... It took me back to the days when we went camping and there was no sewn in ground sheets with tents. And you'd put your ground sheet down and then you just hammered down your um, your tent on top of it. And yeah, there was big holes underneath and anything could have crawled oh, in yeah. and probably often Ooh. did. And I, I think sewn in ground sheets. But you're quite right. If this utility um, toilet come shower come changing room tent is going to have water in it. You're quite right. You wouldn't be able to have a yeah, If you're going to use it as a toilet, you certainly don't want a sealed floor. <laughs> but it is fun, <laughs> isn't it? I love this. This is a fabulous idea. So so many thanks to Ian for, bring, for, for suggesting this idea because we're getting to see all sorts of weird things we'd never yeah. look at normally. Exactly. Ted, if I was to buy a house on Amazon with your link... And, and you made 500 quid off it because Aidan bought a very expensive house. And then I returned the house a, a few weeks later. Would they then suck away all that money and your, your great yeah. elation would be reduced to great disappointment? 
they, they don't actually give it to you until the time of the person. Ah, the return period is finished. Okay, yeah. so you wouldn't actually so, get the money and go yippee and go out for dinner and then suddenly have it well, taken away again. No, 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 not no. So, so they tell you what people have bought, um, and then you get paid monthly in arrears, quite a long way in arrears. Right. Um, so, whatever someone buys today, I'll probably get paid my pennies for in, in like two months' time. Um, so, yeah, they've thought of that, obviously. Okay. Good to have cleared that up. Aiden. Ted. How are you getting on with my cheapest chips funnels that I put your way for two ninety nine or whatever? No, three quid for four funnels. Well, you see, I, I think the universe is punishing me for for declining buying the the timer for one pound seventy five because I ordered these lovely funnels uh, and expected them to arrive a day or two later, as one does with Amazon. As they did for me. As they did for you. Uh, now I don't remember the dates, and they've changed now. But when I went back and looked, thinking, why haven't my funnels arrived? They they were due to arrive sometime, was it the end of July, early August, something like that? I mean, it was just absolutely ridiculous. It was weeks and weeks ahead. I don't know what happened. Now, I've just looked today while we've been re- recording, and apparently they are now due between the 12th and 15th of June. Ah. So, uh, mit Glück, as the Germans say, I should get them next week. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, something happened. They, they, they just vanished into, well, down the hole in the world and they might come out again with luck. There seems to be um, something going on about um, supplying people with various um, things. And, th- and there are big delays in the UK. Um, I was reading this yesterday in an article which said that some people were blaming Brexit. Some people were blaming blaming the blockage in the Suez Canal. Um, they were quoting typically things like garden furniture. Like, you, you can't get the garden furniture you want yes. because it's all been delayed and import procedures are more unwieldy than they used to and blah, blah, blah. So maybe your funnels are were part of that system. Yes, it could be. And indeed, that, that's backed up by the fact that it changed because I do believe it was sort of late July, yeah. early August, and it has suddenly leapt forward to next week now. So um, I ju- they, they just better bloody be good, Ted. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> better be good. We'll come, we'll come to how good they are in a moment. Oh, well, listen, I bring you something this week. One pound and seven pence, but minimum order four pieces. So you're actually going to pay four pounds 28. But nevertheless, still cheap as chips for four small two ounce pots of burnt amber, high quality acrylic paint. Now, there's a short story behind these. As we all know, Aidan's loving his garden and his pond and his wildlife and building a nature reserve in the back garden in suburbia. Uh, And one of the things I'm pushing for is bats. And I've put a bat box up at the very top of the house. And I'm hoping that in months or possibly even years, bats will discover it and move in. Uh, you want bats in your garden? I do want bats in the garden, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Well, because I've got a pond in the garden, and the pond is is attracting um, mosquitoes, and mosquitoes, I hope, will in turn attract bats, because bats are fabulous. Bats are wildlife. I mean, I have in the past sat in my garden and seen bats flitting around, and it's wonderful. They will right, not okay. suck my blood. I'm talking about okay. bats, not vampire okay. bats. And um, anyway, on. the point is, uh, <laughs> I noticed that our we have outside the back door, we have a night light that comes on at dusk, off at dawn, and all night long just shines a quite gentle light outside the back door. This was leaking through to the garden, and light is not good for bats, so I put up a piece of hardboard to prevent the light from leaking into the back garden. Right, finally we come to the paint. The side of the house is stained brown, and I wanted a similar colour to paint the piece of wood uh, that I just put up to block the light. So uh, now that we are able to, as, as spuck about at the top of the show, I trotted off down to B&Q to try to buy some brown paint. There wasn't any brown paint. I looked at the stainers, the wood stainers. Yes, they have brown wood stainer, but they're bloody great big tins of the stuff. I mean, I've only got this small piece of wood that's about a foot square. So I just need about two square feet of paint altogether. So I didn't want to spend 16, 17, 18 quid on a ruddy great tin of stainer. So I moved on to Wix. Same story. So so eventually I thought, OK, I tried and I went to Amazon and I found these tiny little pots. Um, I forget what two ounces is in new money, but it's not very much. But it's it, it's perfect size. I actually only needed in the end, I think I used about one and a half of these things. But as I say, I bought four of them because that's the minimum order. Um, uh, oh, they've gone up looking at the website now. They're one pound fifty each, but they were one pound seven when I bought them on Gov. 
Yeah. And it's really, and it was lovely. It's, it's, bre- I mean, there's nothing exciting. It's burnt umber, brown colour, um, acrylic paint. It's a water-based acrylic paint, so it goes on easily. If you spill any, you can clean it up quickly. It washes off your hands easily. You can wash the brush after using it easily. But it dries waterproof or relatively waterproof. So I was able to paint the the boards as I needed to. Job done. Uh, Then out in the garden at the pond, because I had brown paint, easily applied, waterproof drying, I was able to touch up a few bits and pieces here and there. And I've got two more of them that are sitting in the garage, lest I should need them again. And I'm sure I will. It's really nice paint. It was a pleasure to use it was good paint decent quality paint uh cheapest chips very happy with my brown burnt umber paint i prefer the color called christmas green that's a lovely green <laughs> and there's also one called raspberry yes that i'm glad lovely. you've mentioned that ted because stupid fool that i am i didn't uh, I neglected to mention that this is available in a myriad various colors so there's about 200 colors there do there's, seem there's tons of them uh, yeah they do seem to be i mean i would say literally what a two or three dozen colors there quite a few colors there that you can choose from so you don't have to go for the boring brown if you want something else but I was quite pleased yeah. with that. And, you know, quite contrary and converse to what I said at the beginning of the show, I had to buy this online. I did go to the shop. I went to two different shops, specialist yeah. shops, moreover. And I looked along all the lines of paints and stainers available and couldn't find anything that I wanted without spending about six or seven times the money I needed to and buying a huge amount more than I wanted. So I was actually really, really happy to get these from Amazon. Very good. Okay, I've got um, a, a, a shampoo bar on the back of what Chris ah, Kelly was talking about. Ah, now we about. talked about this previously, yes. This, the, the one I decided to order was not the one he recommended um, because I thought it was a bit expensive. So I got a cheap one, three ninety nine, And this was called the Garnier Ultimate Blends Coconut um, Hydrating Shampoo Bar. And you call me a cheapskate. Yeah. Right, okay, so... We tried this out. I gave it to Mum first. She had a go. And she said that she didn't feel as though it was quite as good as her normal shampoo. And it felt her hair... Um, it, sorry, it left her hair feeling a little bit different. But she couldn't quite sh- work out why. Um, the, 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 it didn't quite do the mm-hmm. same job. Anyway, I, the, I took it over then from her because she didn't seem to want to use it. And I have used it every day since. Ah. And I tell it, I can't tell the difference. I really can't <laughs> tell the difference between between shampoo, using shampoo and using the shampoo bar. So I, my conclusion is that I might as well use the shampoo bar. But on the back of all that, I also went with your dad's solution and my psychiatric patient's solution. And I thought, right, I'll try, just forget this shampoo bar. I'll just use my bar of soap yes. and see what happens. So for a couple of days during that period, I did, didn't did use the shampoo bar. I used the soap instead. And same result. I couldn't tell the difference. Now, because the weather's turned hot, I, to be fair, I have cut off most of my hair and a lot of my beard. So Perhaps I need to revisit this in the winter when my hair's longer and see um, if it, if it, if I don't like it or prefer the shampoo bar to the soap or whatever. Yes. But at the moment, I'm thinking to myself, you know, um, I don't know. I, I, it seems like Chris is absolutely right. We don't need to buy plastic bottled shampoos and other products when you've got things like shampoo bars that you can use. And also in my case, and in your dad's case, uh, soap bars. Yes. As an absolute layman, I know nothing of what I'm speaking, but as my gut feeling tells me, wouldn't soap... Soap is very dry. When you wash your hands with soap, they're sort of dry afterwards. I would have thought that regularly washing one's hair with soap would end up drying out the hair. Oh, and you'd have split ends. But no, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know really. But, and and, and I, I bet you if you spoke to a, a, a person in... In Debenhams, if it was still open, yes. um, that the, they uh, on some one of these um, posh um, bars that they have on the ground floor normally, or used to yes. have. I'm sure they would agree with you. They would say, "Oh no, you, you, that would ruin your hair. You can't do that." But actually, when you're, you know, like you and I, with next to no yes, hair, anyway, yes, yes, what does it matter? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, also, Ted, I want to ask you, when you first received this, you said it smelt like a Fijian coconut beach uh, from the coconut aroma erupting oh, from yeah, the packet. Yeah. Did it? Did that die down? Does it still smell of, of the world of no. coconuts? 
No, it doesn't. When I first opened the box, yeah, you're quite right, I'd forgotten that. It, it was really, really strong of coconut smell, um, which is okay because some people will probably like yes. that. But anyway, yeah, as I've used it, I don't smell that at all, which means I'm, all, I'm, I'm either completely um, used to the yeah. smell now. Yeah, acclimatised. Or um, it has reduced, I don't know. Oh, well, there we are. I'm, I must try it too. I mean, next time I'm sat in the bath and want to wash my hair, I should reach for a bar of soap instead of the shampoo and see how I get on. £3.99. Or if you want the posh one, like Chris got, it's, I think his was about £7 something. But anyway, I got a cheap one. Or if I'm in the bath and I reach for a bar of soap, then it's naught pounds naughty naught. I want one, I want one, I want one. I want one of those. <laughs> yes, and... I want a canopy umbrella. What do you want this, this for? <laughs> this is a, 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 very, a very silly idea because I, ne I never go out anyway. But this is a, an interesting um, concept that I saw pop up on my newsfeed, which is a, a company called Canopy who are producing this um, this very clever kind of um, umbrella thingy. Now, it's not a new idea um, because we've seen this come and go over the years. I remember back in the 70s that there were versions of this. But I think that they've done this particularly well. There are lots of photographs in the on their website um, of p different situations, different people using. Um, it straps onto your back like a rucksack would, so it's got a strapping around you. And then when it's um, uh, uh, strapped up, you open up the hood over your head, and it's not just like a, a hood from a, an anorak. It, it's actually a proper canopy, which means that you you can you can do stuff in front of you they're showing a traffic warden in this case um using a electronic device to to do her job um but also they're showing someone using a, a camera with a long lens for example and it just seems to look it looks like okay it looks like a right old cludge but but actually i think it it looks like they've done this one pretty well and it it looks like they've thought about the design i've no idea how much it costs but um, and I don't think they're they're probably too frightened to put a price on it. But oh, hang on a minute, shop now. Let's see how much it costs. But it but it just looks like the part. Ninety quid. That was it. Yeah, I did know that. Um, and yeah, a, an interesting solution. I mean, um, you you said in your original post, and I totally agree. There is something of a loon about it. You've got to have no sense of shame to put one of these on, haven't you? <laughs> but if you know, with that aside, why not? If it works. Why not do it? I mean, I bet when the first umbrellas came out, people thought, what are these strange things people are holding over their heads, the idiots? Um, I mean, to me, it looks like a parachute. I wonder how long it's going to be before some idiot parkour yeah. daredevil decides to jump off a tall building with one of these and see if they can float to earth with it. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I, it, it, it falls into the category of utterly ridiculous and yet probably perfectly acceptably usable. And I, I, why not? I think that personally, if I was doing what I was doing in the 1980s, which was going out um, an awful lot with a camera with a long lens, I would have loved yes. this. I w and I, I would have worn it. I would have put it on because I can remember time and again when I was doing my photography um, stuff, find, tr trying to find cover and protecting my lens and my camera underneath coats and jumping into doorways in central London to get away from the rain. I can remember a lot of that going on. And this would have just been brilliant. I'd have loved this. So all joking aside, and, and loony as it might look to some people, I think that if I... For people that have, would have a specific need, I think it would be a really good solution. I totally agree. Heath Robinson would be proud. Yay! Still using and still Right, now back to my funnels, right, which you can't get until the 12th of June. Oh, good. I wish I had some funnels. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I'm still using, and I can't remember when it was, but it was actually, I, I, I'm cheating a bit here because it wasn't quite a year ago. I do remember when it was because I looked it up and it was not quite a year ago. So I, I am cheating. Aww. But these are my ice pop <clears throat> moulds. And I brought them to the show before last summer, and they're still going, and I still have some left. There was 120 in the packet for 10 quid, I think it was, and I've only used about, um, I don't know, 20 of them for last year. I've still got about um, 100 left, and I did, the other day I, I made some up, and um, you, 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 you 
undo the zipper thingy on the top by squeezing it and pulling it apart, which is a bit tricky, to be honest. But you pull it apart like that, and you put the funnel in, in this case. We don't have to put a funnel in. You could use a, just pour it in from a tap if you want. Add a bit of orange or whatever you want to put in there to flavour it. And um, then you, when you filled it up to the level, you pull the, um, like you would with a, a, a cheese packet with a zipper thingy on the top, you press the thingy together and um, it seals the top of it. And then you put it in the freezer and it freezes up and you've got an ice pop. Um, when you come to eat it, the, you have to cut the top off. Um, now, some people say that if you try and get the thing open at the top, you could reuse it. Yes, them. I remember I tried this that. from the last and time, it, yes. Really yeah. difficult. I, it's, it's so hard to do that. But, um, but, but yeah, so I end up cutting the top off, to be honest, and um, just make the, their single yes. use. But they're really good, still using them, and I have, you know, there's tons of them left, and I think the 10 quid on 120 was money well spent. Uh, so when you get your funnels, you'll know what else to get. <laughs> well, I'll allow you to put that in, Ted, because it's like the fires of hell outside at the moment, so it's it's good it's, yeah. it's good timing. So here, here. <laughs> Single-use plastic, tut-tut, yes. but never mind. <laughs> I bring you... Now, to be honest, I've also got a slight caveat with this, which is that I can't find them in the show notes, but I would swear blind I brought these onto the show when I bought them at least a year ago because I found them so useful. Um, if I didn't, then just consider this another cheapest chips item because for only... Th oh, no, 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 you did. You did. I remember this. OK, then I'm just an idiot. Anyway, for £3.99, you can buy a Sistema water bottle. Um, I take Listerine on a daily basis, two types, normal Listerine during the day and there's a Listerine nightly reset that I swill around my lovely mouth at night. And because I'm too lazy to just open the top of a Listerine bottle, take the Listerine and put the top back on, I wanted a quicker way of dispensing it into my mouth. And I found these sports bottles upon, guess where, Amazon. And they're really cute. They're nice, well-made bottles. They're, they're soft plastic. They're just, you know, sort of gym, gym bottle, cyclist bottle, drinking bottle kind of things. Um, different colours, so I have two colours. I have a pink and a blue one, so I can distinguish between the Listerines. And what I like, their USP, is their screw tops. But then they've got this thing where you just turn the thing half a, re a rev revolution and up pops the little sucky bit. And you can then just drink straight away and turn it back the other half revolu revolution and it's sealed again. Uh, and I use these, as I say, on a daily basis for swilling Listerine. Uh, but of course, there's a myriad other uses, such as putting water in them and drinking from them. And um, very good. Good sound product. Has served me well for at least a year and I'm still using them. Very good. And if you buy the blue one, it's £3.49 as ah. opposed to... The blue one, which you have got, and that is three ninety nine plus one ninety nine delivery. It's a huge difference, isn't it? it, it, it so th sorry, go on, yeah. carry on, Ted. No, no, I was just going to say, reiterating, really, pick the blue one. And they also do them in different <laughs> sizes. 330 mils, 460, which is your one, and 700. And they're slightly different designs. There we are. What more can one say? Fanny is your aunt. How did you know that? Jeremy Harpham is next. Thank you, Jeremy, becoming a really good contributor Indeed. to the show. He is um, going to say that he's still using, after all these years, a clock radio. Ah, yes. And they are not dying out due to mobile phones. He says that he's on his third Sony clock radio in 50 years. Um, a good average. When it fails, I hope to buy another one. And yeah, absolutely. I'm still using my Sony clock radio, my XDR V1BTD. Oh, that <laughs> one. Which I reviewed on my blog and brought to the show yonks ago. I think it was in s about three years ago I brought I that. Remember. That I remember. I do remember that, use? yes. Yeah. It's got a good battery on it. It's a really good one. It's a lovely machine. And I still use that on a daily basis. It hasn't packed up yet. It's still going three years later. So, Jeremy, I'm with you. Absolutely. They are... Actually, I've just realised that that um, Sony one that I linked to is now 120 <laughs> quid. When I, when I bought it, it was about 80 quid. Quick, or sell it, sell it, sell it. <laughs> yeah, I'll make a profit on that. But, yeah, it's a good, they're, they're good things. Um and you're absolutely right, still using. Um, something that Chris Kelly is still using is the service that he used called... What's Red it called? Redba. Redba coffee roasting people. <laughs> and 
he, he's linked to a video, uh, which I have to admit I forgot to, to look at, to be honest. Um, and they posted this, and it provides a little insight, says Chris, into the company. And he says to you, Aidan, are you still using your subscription? And I posted back saying, actually, I never had a subscription. I just bought it ad hoc oh. as I wanted it. Um, oh, OK. Yes and no. Yes, I still love Redbur, and yes, I still drink Redbur, and yes, I still think it's one of the nicest coffees I know. However, I did find myself falling into a bit of a rut, just Redbur, 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 Redbur. And so when a friend gave me some coffee to try, that put me onto a, onto a, onto a road of, well, let's just try some other coffees for a while. And now I'm just grabbing coffee from here, there and everywhere and seeing what I like and what I don't like. So it's a yes right. and no. It's a no, not at the moment, but not for any negative reason, simply because I want to play the field a little before I return to Redbur. Do, do Redborough only do one particular blend of coffee? Though? No, they don't. But my oh, okay. thought is they are still... It's like saying, oh, I don't know, Heinz. If you, drink, if you, eat, if you have Heinz soup, they're all different flavours soup, but they're all made by Heinz, so they're all right, going to be right, of okay. the same company. Whereas if you go okay. to a totally different company and buy a soup from them, it might taste very different than the, than the Heinz version of that soup. Got you, yeah. Ian Bundy says that I have been using Redborough for the last year, based on Chris's recommendation, and he thinks it's a great service, still enjoying it, good stuff. So it is a, a good still using, Chris. Um, thank you for that. And I'll link to the video, even though I've been naughty and not watched it myself yet, to, in the show notes for people to look at. Absolutely. And as I say, Redbutt are fantastic. It's purely, for my, in my case, that I wanted to try something else. Reviews! You see, we don't need a jingle. <laughs> Right, while you while you catch your breath, um, unfortunately, I've got brought out with me today, so um, it's all up to you, Mister Summit. Cad. I know a so cad I, and a binder, I, I, a binder, and a binder I say. Sir, but what have you brought for us instead, Mister Summit? I brought this uh, uh, as we uh, as is very common on our show, a USB LED light. Oh, really? We've never had one of those before. <laughs> My mum had real trouble looking at her jigsaw. We covered jigsaw yes. recently in in the show, um, and she she does her jigsaw in a room where the light is not fantastic. And um, as the day gets longer, the light gets worse, and she struggles to see the pieces. So we thought we would try and get her a, a light to stick on the table. So we did this. We decided not to get a battery driven one because there is a plug right next to the table. And we might as well just avoid the whole battery thing. So she, so we got this LED light, which I linked to in the show notes, and it works really, really well. It's got a clamp, so you clamp it to the side of the table wherever you want to put it on. Now, my mum does say that um, if you were if you were very arthritic, that might be a bit of a problem because the the clamp is really very stiff. Um, so moving it for her is a little bit of a trick, a tricky thing to do. But anyway, laying that aside, it's got a gooseneck, and the gooseneck is about fifteen inches long and it gives her the scope to move it around and and and, and what have you now this particular led light has, is a circle so the good thing about this one for her is that you can look through the middle of it and the led lights are, are in a ring and if she wants to look closely at a piece of jigsaw she can just bring it up to the middle and look through the center of it like a polo mill. <laughs> so um she's very pleased with that it's got an inline control for power brightness and um, to change the hue, you know these these things, the usual yes. thing, warm, cold, daylight, and all that. Um, so it's, it's it's fully featured in that respect, um, and um, it, it looks really good. It, it comes with a um, with a USB A plug, so you do need to have a um, some sort of you know. I mean, every household's got loads of these now, haven't they? Or you can plug it into a computer USB A if you want yes, to. Yes, yes. The ca the cable is is about five feet long, so that works really well. And, yeah, apart from jigsawing, I, you could use it for a, a thousand and one applications. And um, I, I, I see that hobbyists or or maybe you could use it for reading in bed at night and not disturbing your um, other half or whatever. Anyway, the, great idea. It worked really well. It was 11 quid on Amazon. Link in the show notes to that if anyone else fancies it. It's a, it's a really nice little light. I remember commenting in the MeWe group that it's the kind of thing that probably Steve Litchfield and or I would certainly want to use for, you know, fiddling with soldering or little tiny bits of tiny screw work or that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and on that point, for that sort of use, I would have thought, I, I see that it's nine centimetres diameter. That would be perfect for close-up work. For your mother, for the crossword, could it 
could she do with it being a little bit bigger or is the size quite comfortable for that? Um, it, it's a jigsaw, not a crossbow. Sorry, a jigsaw. The, I'm thinking of mothers the, yeah, and puzzles. Yeah. I'm thinking of my own. <laughs> but 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 yes, you're, you're right. If if the hole in the middle was a bit bigger, it might serve her better. But but you've also then got the thing in your way. Yes. So she's, she, you know, you you've got to think about where to place it. If you're you're head down on a table doing a jigsaw, you you don't want the thing in your way, and you want it. So yeah, I. It, I'm sure that you know. You know what's just occurred to me. You know. You know what I would do. <laughs> I would buy two of these and make a pair of glasses with them, <laughs> so that I could just have one on each eye. <laughs> yeah. No, this does look well, lovely, and I commented um, uh, when when you when you put it into the MeWe group that it, it really does look like a lovely find. Good call, sir. Is. Excellent. Link in the show notes to that on Amazon using the affiliate link, of course. Eleven quid. <laughs> Jeremy Harpham is not happy with really slow USB charging points. As the world starts to open up again, says Jeremy, I'm reminded of the frustration that follows the initial delight of finding a USB charging point at a shopping mall seat, coffee shop, plane seat, etc., when it turns out to be charging at a dramatic 500 milliamps or at one amp, which is no longer enough to charge modern devices. Time for some infrastructure updates. Yes, yeah. again, the pedant could say, hey, you're lucky to be getting a free charge. But I don't think that applies anymore. <laughs> no, I think I agree with Jeremy that thing, you know, technology moves on a pace and people who provide help for technology really should keep up with it. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. Um, this is as a direct result of um, these being brought into coffee shops and stuff too early, probably. And I remember McDonald's were one of the first, weren't they? Yes. And, you know, technology moves on. You, when you're buying um, any sort of um, electrical adapter or electrical extension cord or anything now, the, the, the USB speed goes up and up. And, and those things that you're going to buy. I had the same problem just recently with a one of these anchor charger blocks with five ports in it. And I realized that, that, that they're so slow. I need to upgrade this. I've got to get a, a one that's got a six. 65 watt or 100 yes, watt or yes. something in, in order to keep up with what's going on. And it's exactly the same point. So, yes, I agree, Jeremy. But it's difficult also for um, organisations that run these places to then go and spend a load of money, I suppose, on refitting all the stuff that they've paid to refit once. But it is annoying because I, again, like I'm sure most of us, have boxes and drawers with old cables and USB bits and pieces and adapters and goodness knows what. And again, as you say, half of that is now redundant because if I was working on a project or oh, I just need a USB extension cable, oh, I know, I've got one in the drawer, and you get one out and it's USB 2 and the new thing is USB 3 and they're not compatible. So I totally agree, Ted, yes. Blasted right. Yes, the downside of moving forwards. Now, I'm going to tell you about my, um, my experience with... AliExpress. Oh right! Should we play sad violin music when you start this? <laughs> well, I, I'm I, I'm either very unlucky. With I, as you know, I, I made my first purchase on the back of what Robert was telling us. Um, I mentioned earlier, and I bought this air cooler thingy, and it arrived, and it was just broken. It was the 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 the, the, the packaging was all right. It was slight, the, the the thing that was around the outside of this box was slightly padded, but really not very much at all. And when I opened the box up, all of the slats were fallen out. The plastic housing of the thing was just broken. And um, I went to turn it on. Well, I, I eventually got the, the slat. After about 20 minutes of fitting, I got the slats back, back into where they should be. Um, and I then rejiggled the housing and clipped it and moved it to try and get it into place. And I eventually kind of got it together. Yeah. And then I t then I turned it on to use it um, and plugged it in and took a risk. Um, and first of all, the lights came on and I thought, oh right, okay, something's working here. So uh, I put the the water in and everything like you're supposed to. Um, and I turned on this thing and um, the lights were on, uh, but there was no fan, so the fan was broken. <laughs> so it wasn't the the uh, the, the next time I sw I tried to switch it on, the, I didn't even get any lights. The the whole thing is broken. 
And so my room 101 is either to AliExpress or the third party supplier in China they're using to send that. Um, and it's just really, really frustrating and, and very gives a very bad image to me on my first purchase. What, like we were saying earlier, really, pay a bit more, get it from Amazon, and you know where you are. It's a real shame. Uh, and it's this thing is just plastic junk. I, you know, anyone that, you know, um, Robert was saying that these are on sale elsewhere for 178 quid yeah. and more. Yes. And I, anybody paying that money for this, it's just junk. It's it's cheap plastic junk, which, fair enough, 12 quid. I I don't mind it being cheap junk if it's 12 quid, if it works. But it's no good if it doesn't work. Anyway, I raised a... Um, I raised a... Uh, what is it you raised? Uh, a case, uh, a ticket. A, com a, a complaint. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, I can't... What, what's the word? I can't remember well, what it ticket, is Ticket, they call I it, don't they? I raised... No, no, no. I'll think of it in a minute. Um, anyway, I raised a complaint on the, um, on the, the AliExpress website. And it then... I sent photographs of it into them... And um, I, um, th they agreed that it was that they should be refunding me. And now we're at the stage of the seller, their third-party seller, agreeing with me right. and agreeing with AliExpress before they release the, the money to me. So we're you know we're a week later, having waited nine days for delivery. We're a week later, and I still haven't got the money back. But I mean, I mean, even if I don't get the twelve quid back, it's not the end of the world. But it's just it, it's a it's a bad taste in the mouth, I think, of um, what should have been um, a, a good a good initial experience buying something from China. The thing is, we've all had both good and bad experiences with Amazon, eBay, Tesco delivery, Sainsbury's delivery. We, we know we talk about this from time to time. You know, one week Tesco's getting a gold star, the next week it's getting a room one hundred and one. I think, yeah. really, you need to take this on the chin because it's it would be a shame if you were put off AliExpress by one bad experience. I think you yeah, need yeah, to totally, you need to I, shop yeah, with them yeah. a couple more times and see if you if yeah, you can do better yeah. before you decide that they're rubbish. Which is exactly Robert's point, and I and I do agree with him. I, I shouldn't just give up after one, but I'll, but I'll, but I'll have another go. Um, the word I was trying to find was dispute. Right. I've oh oh hang on a minute. Live on the show. Oh, hello, he's Ted is receiving information from AliExpress. Oh no 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 okay. no, no they haven't. Okay. That we're still waiting for this, the third party seller to agree. Okay. Um, and the, and they've escalated it now. So this is the, the, my refund is blocked with the third party not agreeing to my um, to my uh, proposal and AliExpress agreeing to refund me. So watch this space. I'll report back when and if I ever see the money. Be stoic. Take it on the chin. But they're still. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to say that. Who's getting a gold star? Jeremy Harpham once again is giving Dyson vacuum cleaners a gold star. Jeremy says we've got three, three Dyson vacuums in the house. Good Lord, you must have mortgaged wow. the house to pay for those. <laughs> the oldest, oh no, the oldest is nearly 20 years old. It's used for vacuuming out the cars as the brush mechanism for floor cleaning is broken. The main one is a refurbished unit that is 10 years old and the youngest is inherited from someone who didn't like it. It's the one with the ball. Oh, I don't like that either. Ugliest vacuum cleaner on the planet. We keep <laughs> one downstairs and one upstairs to save having to lift them as they are heavy. Why the gold star? Well, they've lasted well and the modular design means that if we break a bit or the hose fails, they are easily replaced with original or cheaper pattern parts. I think we are on our third hose now. I've just had to replace a part because it would not seal anymore and the air was escaping. The pattern part cost me £5 from eBay and replacing it was a doddle. There you are. Good eBay story there. I think of it mm. as adult Fisher Price. <laughs> wow, that's cute. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've never owned a vacuum Dyson clean Dyson Dyson vacuum cleaner. So I'm but I mean, I've heard how wonderful they're meant to be. Have you ever had an ex experience Dyson yourself? Dyson, Dyson. Um no, I don't think I've ever had a Dyson. I've had a Vax, but not no. a Dyson. We have a, a Cebo. We have a Cebo Automatic X which my father will have bought at least 20 years ago, possibly pushing mm -hmm. 30 years by now. 
and it's wonderful. And I still use it regularly in the house and it is absolutely phenomenal. And I do remember a few years ago it needed a part and I went to a vacuum specialist shop that I found locally, believe it or not. And they said to me, oh, yeah, SIBO, oh, they make the best vacuums in the world. And I would be inclined to agree with the gentleman in the shop. Yeah, each to their own, whatever works for you. Um, thank you, Jeremy. Jeremy on Dyson and Aiden on SIBO. Your SIBO, I think, is um, akin to the kind of Kirby reputation. My SIBO is akin to the, if you remember the traditional 1950s housewife vacuuming the floor, it's exactly that yeah. size and shape. It's the traditional yeah. old-fashioned vacuum. I had a quick look on their website, uh, and it's quite pricey. They're about two, 300 quid. Um, although that may be what a vacuum costs, I don't know. But they're now on the X7 and ours is an X1 so that tells you how old it is and it's still going strong mm. yeah I, I think the my mum had a Kirby and I think it, it, it's up in that bracket to buy a new Kirby now um, or when they were last for sale I think you were talking about you know best part of two grand two so even grand. more than the Cibo. my goodness yeah, yeah. That there's serious vacuum cleaners yes. which last people a lifetime yes. and it did it lasted her for like I don't know, best part of 40 years or something. And the reason that she gave up on it and sold it, um, which she was able to do, sell it on, um, was because it became too heavy for right. her. Whacking great big thing yes. it was. Anyway, we're up. We're up. We're done. We've um, we've done our hour of uh, penance here. <laughs> How to lose I'm, friends. I'm glad that you're still here listening to us um, warbling on about all this stuff. We'll be back in two weeks' time with another show if you care to join mm. us. Whateverworks.works is our website. TedSalmon.com for me, AidenBell.com for Aiden. If you go to TedSalmon.com, you'll get links out to all the other stuff that we do in the group of podcasts. Um, PodHub UK is there with links also to our, our audio podcasts, left, right and centre. Don't forget the MeWe group. The MeWe group is where it happens. That's where we'd like to hear from you so we can bring all those goodies to future shows and keep it all going. Thank you in advance for that. Uh, so I guess that's about it, Aidan, unless you've got any last words. No, I'm off to start working on the new musical Aidan and I, the Ted Salmon <laughs> and Aidan Bell story. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. Well, we won't hold our breath on that one. So don't forget, everyone, whatever, whatever works, works. works.